and welcome to episode 372 of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Ian. And this is the only podcast that says... We have a dance in the brothels of Buenos Aires. It tells the story of a prostitute and a man who falls in love with her. First there is desire, then passion, then suspicion, jealousy, anger, betrayal. When love is for the highest bidder, there can be no trust. Without trust, there can be no love. Jealousy, yes, jealousy will drive you mad. Roxton! Yeah. I, I, I chose that quote in honor of Hamilton. <laughs> okay. Well... You know, I hate musicals, but I, I love Moulin Rouge. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I'm not going to watch Hamilton. I don't know what a good quote from Hamilton would be. It's actually pretty good. Is it? I, I figured I figured you, 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 you probably got pulled into watching it at some point during the many repeat viewings it's been given in your home. Yeah, and it's not pulled. I uh, watched it as soon as it was released. Did you? Yeah. I mean, I'm a history buff. Yeah. So I, I mean, appreciate... How, how much history is this really telling, though? Like, I'm not taking that as a shot. I mean, I, I understand it's a it's a retelling and a bit of a reimagination with 75%. Fact. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's okay. pretty close. I would say it's 100%. I wouldn't say it's 100%. How can I put this? I mean, I think they left certain things out from a history perspective. Right, right, but I think it's pretty much dead on as far as like, uh, timeline. I can't. Um, sorry. Um, yeah. as far as timeline, um, the book that they followed, um. It's pretty. I mean, you have to use some poetic license. You're doing a musical for Christ's sake. Right, 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 exactly. But it's not. Um, it's pretty accurate. I mean, okay. hi, like from a historical standpoint, the dates and times, it all makes sense. Right. right. Like the things they kind of left out were like, you know, his other children, and you know right. what I mean, like stuff like that. But. I mean, you're looking at a history buff who watched this thing, and I was like, holy shit, that's pretty, uh, you know. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty on there. You know what I mean? Like, right. Um, so I, I I absolutely appreciate it. Like, I, uh, I know the guy who wrote it. Off, it's based off an autobiography of yeah. Hamilton. Um, and you should I, – I highly – I'm saying this to you um, – um, to watch it. I, I am telling you that you need to suffer through it and watch it. Because well, it's, actually, I, it's actually really good. Why do I have to suffer through it, though? Like, if you like, you say that as if I'm probably well, not going to enjoy it anyway, so why should I give it the time of day? I think you... Well, it's not suffer, because I know you don't like musicals, but that's why I say suffer. Um, right. I'm not saying suffer because it's bad. I'm saying suffer through it because I know you don't like musicals. But it's really good. 
it's not uh, um, it's not fluff by any means. Right. I mean, the Disney mouse isn't on it. You know what I mean? Like a, right. some kind I, of princess tale, like the mermaid, Little right. Mermaid. I mean, this is like, it's pretty good. I mean, especially if you like history. And it, and it kind of delves into Hamilton to where a lot of people didn't even realize who he was or what he did or that he did write, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot to do with the economy and I mean, yeah. you, you, you mean, yeah, you, the Federalist Papers. I mean, it's it's pretty good, for real. I'm like, just gonna I'm, say I'm it. I'm, I'm a at, big fan. Huh. Like, I'm not dunning it as a, a music. Like, if it was just a stage play, and not a musical, maybe I'd be willing to give it a shot. But because it's a musical, like it just like that shit just takes me out of it for the most part. Yeah, but the way it's spun. Uh huh. The, the way it is spun, it's almost like a lot of it's almost like spoken word. Yeah. Which I, I know, really I know like. It's, it's, I know it's kind of rap-ish. <laughs> it is. It, it's it's really good. Yeah. I'm just going to say that. I mean, it's, yeah. it's worth it to watch, and I think everybody needs to watch it at some point. Um, I mean... Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I, it's, it's really good. I mean, musically, it's good. The singing's good. Yeah. I mean, to tell you quite honestly, uh, Lynn is probably the worst singer of the bunch. Right. I'm saying that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, not the worst, but I mean, he's a good singer, but it, it's not like. Yeah, it's a very talented. It's not character. all about him. I mean, right. it is about him, but it's not a, all about him. Like, this is my voice. This is, you know, blah, 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 blah. No, nah, right. It's not. It's actually about everybody else. So yeah, I I highly highly recommend it because I think it should be seen. I, I I think it's one of those things that should be seen, especially from a historical standpoint. I I think it holds up in a lot of areas. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I don't know, man. It's like artistically, it's fantastic. I mean. The way they put this musical together, um, artistically, is yeah. absolutely phenomenal. And I haven't probably seen uh, – I mean, me personally, I probably haven't seen this much artistic like quality in a film since Rent. Yeah. But, um, I mean, the way the costumes are designed, it's, it's really good. I'm yeah. serious. It's not like some. It's not a take on that time. It is that time. Right. The like dress just, period, the costumes, everything is from that time. Right. Yeah. I did, I started with that so because like my 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 the musicals I I like mm. are so few and far between. Yeah, I know. You know, like I mean, it's it's Moulin Rouge, it's The Music Man, but only if it has Robert Preston in it. Right. Right. You know. Right. You know, I mean, it's it's Greece, you know. Right. Um, the Phantom of the Opera. You know, like I'm the only person in the world that prefers there is a non-musical version of Les Miserables oh. <laughs> that was re- like released that I watched and actually enjoyed. Right. It has like Le- it has Liam Neeson in it, I think. Like it's like a really amazing telling of that without being a musical. 
And people look right. at me like I'm insane. No, I, I get that. You know. Um, but also, too, I mean, this, is, this isn't a movie. Right. I mean, this is straight from the stage. Yeah, th- yeah I understand this is, this is the stage play itself being filmed. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. I, I can't. I'll probably watch it again here in the next couple of days. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, it's. <clears throat> I think you'd appreciate it more than you're giving yourself credit for. Seriously. Okay. No, just, I, 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 I mean, that's a three hour. Do. That's a three hour invested in my time that I feel like within the first 20 minutes, I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm tapping out. Two hours and 40 minutes. But I mean, like, I, I think that I think you'll be OK. You yeah. lo- you like history. Yeah, to an extent, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just find it it's pretty cool hearing about Hamilton. Right. Do you know what I mean? Other than yeah. being on a on a bill. Yeah. Like kind of trying to understand where he was and what he stood for and and his political mindset. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And as a founding father, I think it, I think it's something that needs to be seen. Seriously. It's really good. There's a lot of history and a lot of true facts in this, right. In this musical that are like coming to the history buff. I appreciate because I, I've read about it, right? but I've never seen it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we never see it. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, right. It, it, it's good. Seriously. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doubting that. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, I'm not doubting it's good. Like, I, it's a phenomenon for a reason. Yeah. It's just it's one of those things where, like, from a, like. But I think as, as it being a phenomenon for a reason, I think you need to experience it. Right. And then make your judgment. I'm not forcing you to watch right. it. By I understand that. I mean, just like you well, said the I'm same thing about Joker, like, and guess what? I haven't watched that yet. You know what I mean? No, I get that. But like yeah. people say, oh, Endgame was the best thing on earth. And I was like, nah, good. And I was like, nah, you should probably see it just because it is part of this whole yeah. scope of things. <clears throat> Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's that kind of deal where you should probably watch it just to say, okay, I watched it. I'm good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I wouldn't lie to you. Right. I mean, like, look at Moulin Rouge. Yeah. You know but, what but Moulin Rouge has two things has two things going for it that this doesn't. One, it has Ewan McGregor in it. Mm. And two, that soundtrack is killer. It is. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, that, that's the thing with Moulin Like, you, you presented me with Moulin Rouge. Like, you have to see this because you knew, you know, between Ewan McGregor and, and that soundtrack, I was going to eat that shit up. I know. You know, this is a little I, bit more different. It is, but I think you'll appreciate it, especially from a historical standpoint. I, yeah. I think you'll be like, huh, I never knew that. Huh, that's pretty cool. Huh, that happened. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's pretty cool. So anyway, anyway. let's move past him. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, that, that's like my, my, my it's, it's been funny. It's like my, my timeline has been eaten up by people raving about watching Hamilton multiple times this weekend. And apparently, also the release of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. I never liked Unsolved Mysteries, really. Anyway, so neither am I. But like you know, especially in this day and age of like the the Unsolved Murder Mystery podcast boom. 
Yeah. Like, I've had people tell me, <laughs> Lisa's mother was one of them. Okay. It was like, like, well, are, are you a true crime podcast? Well, no, we don't do that. Well, you should. They're very popular. Yeah, that's not my bag at all. <laughs> that's know? Lisa's bag. Yeah. Lisa should do a podcast just herself. Yeah, but I mean, there's like with someone there's like else a, on, on true crime. It's like one of those amazing things that like like those podcasts have taken off and like it's become like one of the, like. I think they may have passed nerd podcasts and wrestling podcasts, A, in popularity, and B, in the number of them that are out there. Right. You know, and it's nothing but, like, suburban housewives drinking wine and trying to solve unsolved mysteries. Yeah, but some of them have. Yeah, I know. That's the worst like part. This whole, this whole thing with the, what was that, San Francisco? Yeah. Not San Francisco, but California... Who was that killer? Oh, I can't remember. I, I know. I know what you're talking about. I can't remember. You know, but the whole stats of it. Yeah. 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 Did you but know like, my yeah. dad? The interesting thing about that, about that killer, um, or the rapist, um, and he did kill too. Uh, but my dad lived in that same community. Yeah. I mean, timeline yeah. fits. Um, yeah. Dad lived in that community. I was, you know, I was born in California at Travis. He lived in that community outside of Travis. Right. So that shit was going on right when, you know, we were there. Yeah. Which I find very interesting. Yeah. Big homes. And and dad had, uh, what? He had a huge home with an acre of land. Yeah. And when he sold it in 73 or whatever, 74... He sold that shit for like $35,000. Yeah. Which today would... Now it's worth probably like, three million. Yeah, three, four million. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. He, he would talk about that. It was like, I can kick myself every day for selling that, huh? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, well, that's California real estate boom, you know? California loving. Yeah. All right. California love. So what have you been watching? Anything? No, I, I really haven't. I'm trying to think. Cause um, my week. Well, I mean, my my weekend has been all fucked up. Like Friday, my my company like observed the Fourth of July on Friday. As with most. Yeah. So the the problem became like so that you know. It, they had like you know what they'll do is they'll put out like okay this is the day we're celebrating the holiday or we're observing the holiday so uh, if you want to work on that day you have to these are the shifts that are available uh, please sign up for them right and most of them got taken well there were four that got left that weren't being taken um there was uh three to eleven thirty and three thirty to midnight all right and. Uh, like, I don't want to fucking work that. You know, never mind. <laughs> you know? yeah. I didn't reply fast enough. I guess I'm not getting that 4th of July pay. Well, right. nobody was taking these fucking shifts. And they reached a point where like, okay, if they if these aren't taken by the end of business on this date, then we're just going to have to have a raffle and you're just going to be forced to work one of these shifts. Yeah, you told me about this. Did you get pulled? 
No, I didn't get pulled by uh, Taiwan. I don't. I don't want to fucking like have that. Have my name pulled. And I was like, and I haven't worked a holiday in fucking forever. I'm like, fuck it. I'll just sign up for one of the shifts. Yeah, yeah. So, so I signed up. And I ended up getting the three thirty to midnight shift. All right. All right. So, so that's problem number one. So now I'm working three thirty to midnight, which is com- like two hours different from my normal shift, all okay. around. Okay. Yeah. So that that's got me all fucked up. Number two. Last weekend, I was supposed to mow the lawn. All right. But because of the rain, I didn't. Right. And with my knees and, you know, just manual labor itself, I need a bit of recovery time after mowing the lawn. Right. So, like, all week, I'm, like, thinking to myself, man, I should just get up early, like, get get up at, like, 9 o'clock, get out there at 10 o'clock mow the lawn and get it done and over with. And, I, and every time I was like, man, it's just not enough recovery time between that and going to work. Right. Which I, I can hear Otter right now saying to himself, you sit at your desk all fucking day. How much recovery time do you need, asshole? You know, right, but, right, right. You know, I'm a fat man who's out of shape. I need a lot of recovery time. Yeah. So I kept putting it off and putting it off. And finally, I'm like, I got to do this on Friday. I don't, I don't want to do it on Saturday. I want, you know. But I'll do it on Friday because my plans for Saturday had not been made yet. So I'm like, fuck it. I'll do it on Friday. And, you know, I'll get up early, do it at 10 o'clock. And that way it's done and over with. Well, little did I know that that was the beginning of the heat wave. Oh. So it's like I'm going out there at 10 o'clock in the morning and it's already 85 degrees. I know, dude. You know, and I'm just like. Oh, uh, what the fuck was I thinking? Oh, just do it. Just get it done. Just get it done and over with. And I did. I mowed the lawn. And I mean, it was like when I came in the house, I took my shirt off and dropped it on the floor. And you would have thought I dropped a wet towel. Yeah, yeah I like, know. It was hot as hell. Yeah. And I was just like, oh. So, so I did that Friday. Just completely destroyed myself. Sorry. That's okay. And then on top yeah. of it, you know, then I had to go upstairs at 3.30 and work. Well, like, you know, my office is in air-conditioned. I was just dripping sweat. Why don't like, you have an air-conditioner? Because we only have two. Nancy bought them both, so one's in the kitchen and one's in her bedroom. Okay. So, I mean, that's the problem. I mean, you know, and the house doesn't have, it, the house is too old to have, like your house is just, you know, the, the ductwork isn't there to support having whole house air. Right. So, I'm like, motherfucker. So, I mean, I'm just sweating my ass off on set on Friday in the office. Right. I'm not looking for the rest of this week because all week it's like, 93, 95, 95, 93. I'm like, oh, oh, this is going to be brutal. And of course, also, it was busy because while while we as a business were observing the 4th of July, you know, the rest of the real world was out there, you know, being the rest, being the real world. So mm-hmm. we got our asses handed to us like, all fucking day just 
And of course, like when you, when people get to me, like the first thing I complain about is like, well, I had to wait for 25 minutes to get to you. Like, I'm really sorry. Uh, we're short staffed because it's a holiday. No, it's not. That's tomorrow. Mm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Did you well, get mailed today? I have an air conditioner for you. Oh, okay. I will gladly take that. Um, I don't know how big your window is. Um, we have a couple actually. We have a huge yeah. one. Yeah. Right. That we need to get rid of. Yeah. So and it works. It was Lisa's yeah. dad's. We have. There's nowhere in this house, you know this, that I can put this air conditioner. So. Yeah. We have a huge one you can use downstairs if you want, and then I have a smaller one that you can have to put up in the in the in the office. Yeah. In your bedroom. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I think the problem is like our our windows are only 24 inches wide. I'll measure it. Yeah. If it measures one, up. Right. Yeah, because that was one of the things I had to look into when, you know, we, when she was buying these, like, you know, how how big's the air conditioner, not you know, compared to the windows, because they're they're yeah they're small. Right. No, I know. Yeah. Believe me. Yeah. I'll measure this up. I have two okay. of them. So. Okay. Cool. You're more than welcome to them. I will greatly appreciate that. Yeah, you need one. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. Wow, I'm we not, just went on a personal myth. Yeah, really. <laughs> Boy, this podcast is fun. So last guy in an interview. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let me tell you about my colonoscopy. <laughs> All right. So then, Nancy asked me. Um, you know, her, her niece graduated from high school. And uh, she asked me if I would go up to her sister's cabin for the day Ooh. to uh, to celebrate her graduation. Yeah. Well, her sister's cabin is all the way up in Tyanesta. Mm. That, I was like, okay, I'll go, you know. Yeah. It's Miranda, and I need to get out of the house anyway. And yeah. Whew, it was nice. It's, they have a nice cabin, nice nice piece of land. It was cooler up there than it certainly was here. Sure it is. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, had a good time. Went to the creek. Yeah. Sat. I did. I, I. I just. I just walked in it. You know. It was like I didn't sit down in the water or anything. I, I'm just looking at that water, going, I don't know what's in that. You know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't want to get it anywhere near my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I sat on some rocks. In the shade. Because yeah. at first I wasn't going to go in, and I'm sitting on the one bank, and. I get, like the sun's just beating down on me, and I could just feel my pasty northern European skin just yes drying out. <laughs> like blood. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah, this isn't a good idea. I need to get over on that other bank where it's shady. <laughs> right. So I jumped, I walked through the creek. I'm like, motherfucker, my shoes are wet. I only own one pair of shoes. Yeah. So. So that that was that, but a good—I mean, it was a good time. It was a okay. long drive there and a long drive home. Nancy almost hit a flock of geese. Nice. Yeah, like it's like we we left about ten thirty. Yeah. It's a three-hour drive. Yeah. And 
we're in the middle. I, we'd probably been on the road for about an hour, hour and a half, I guess, maybe. And, you know, she's humming along on the road. She's doing about 65, 70 miles an hour down this country road. I'm like, okay, we're yeah. cool, you know. Yeah. And um, just out of nowhere, like, there's, like, this flock of geese walking across the road. Yeah, I just hit him. <laughs> well, I mean, she slammed on her brakes, and we didn't hit them, thank goodness. But it was, like, one of those things where I was, like, you know, they kind of like started hurrying. I'm, I'm just, but I still, I'm like, what are like I've I've seen geese like you know geese crossing the road like during the day like that, but never like midnight. I'm sure it was geese or turkey. It was geese. Because hmm. I mean, there was like a whole, there was like twenty or thirty of them all together. Okay. And I mean, they, they were crossing what I think was a bridge yeah. to get, like get into a pond. Yeah. You know, I was just like, but still, it was like. Why? Why? What are you doing up at this hour? Dinner. Yeah. So that freaked out Nancy. We had to pull off the road for about five minutes. I and then, um, yeah, because I mean, she was freaked out about it. I mean, she wouldn't like. Because I mean, if you, it's one thing to like hit like a possum. Because yeah. they roll under your car, and you you don't see it. Yeah. But it, like a goose is big enough like you hit that thing it's coming up over like it would have been a mess <laughs> you know what i mean that would have been honking the death honk <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like it would have been it would have been horrible like i i understand like where she was coming from like i, I you know but still like she like she'd take like five minutes to, like collect herself because it was like a traumatizing event yeah like she didn't hit them thank goodness but it would have been um other than that, I mean, that, so that was like my my past few days. I started a new show. Oh, did you? Yeah. It's called The Beforeners. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's actually really good, I have to say. Yeah. Um, it's Norwegian. Uh-huh. Of course. No, yeah. No, but it's Norwegian, um, so they're subtitled. Yeah. Uh, but it's really good. Like truly. Yeah. You, yeah. So it's what's a this on? Is, is this on Netflix? I think it's on Prime. Okay. Actually, it's on HBO. Okay. <laughs> I know this for a fact. Um. I swear to God, it's on HBO Europe. <laughs> But, I mean, you can find it on Prime, and you can find it on Prime. Uh, but it's actually really good. Uh, it, it's science, sort of science fiction-based, where um, there's some kind of weird thing going on in the oceans, and all of a sudden you'll see these lights in the, in the water in Norway. It's happening all over the world. But these people are coming back... <clears throat> Um, through the water, almost like they're coming out of the water. You know what I mean? Like yeah. almost like they're drowning. <laughs> Some of them, you know. Yeah. Um, or swimming. Mm-hmm. And you'll see the flash and the people coming up, and the people that are coming back are like cavemen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. People from the 19th century, like with the mustaches and the unicycles and you know yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. And Vikings. Okay. Right. No, seriously. Yeah. 
and and so of course like it's a phenomenon right so they're being quarantined blood tested and da 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 right and they're just kind of being put out into the world uh-huh okay so the main focus of this series is on a cop who's just a normal cop you mm-hmm. know in Norway and a woman who was actually not known to the cop was a shield maiden <laughs> okay Viking shield maiden right uh-huh that Went to schooling to be a police officer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And um, it's their interaction and solving uh, crime and stuff like that. It's really good. It's better than you think it is. I know. Right. From no. Sounds no, I mean, it's, it that's sounds not interesting. Like crazy. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, like, God. I'm looking it up. It's, it, it shows here it's available on um, HBO Max, HBO Now, HBO Go. Direct TV and HBO Now via Amazon Prime. So, but anyway, it's yeah. it's that involvement. I mean, you have these people coming up. You know, hey, look, there's someone riding a unicycle down the street, and hey, there's a fucking caveman in a tree, and hey, there's some, <laughs> you know, they're it's, killing goats in someone's apartment, and that's normal. Yeah, you know what I mean? it, like, it's it sounds like a like a a, a bit of a take on the, uh, um, oh, what the hell, what the hell was the name of that show? Alien Nation. Yeah. Yes. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like where the you know the cop and the he had the, he was partnered up with the alien. Yeah. And, well, he's partnered yeah. up with the Shield Maiden. Shield Maiden. Yeah. But it's cool. I mean, like. Yeah. It's a it really good. Show. Yeah. yeah. Not only is it good, but there's a good story there. I mean, yeah. it's not like, you know, all these people are showing up, you know, what to do. But there's actually good, there's a good story there and there's good sub-stories that, uh, good character development. Yeah. Um, so I'm into it. I'm on my yeah. fourth episode and when we're done, I'll probably try to finish it up. Yeah. But um, it's, uh, yeah, I like it a lot. Cool. A lot. Yeah, the only drawback is the subtitles. Yeah. You know? um, so you have to like pay attention because if you yeah. don't pay attention, you're gonna miss. Right. Um, that's the only drawback. But other than that, it's it's a it's a really good show. Yeah. I yeah. recommend it because it's it's something different. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not zombie. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, yeah, it's good. Yeah, really good. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, that's about it. That's yeah, start. okay. There you go. Uh, what you got? So, oh, so I, I, I got a, a, a variable cornucopia of stuff here. All right. Let's start with the oddball stuff. All right. So, in Louisiana... All right. Now, I first saw this article, and I thought, well, this is bullshit. Because you see a lot of these articles, and you think, oh, that can't be real. But right. I looked I looked at this article, and I'm, I'm glad that because there's, there's video attached to it of a man is arrested in Louisiana after swimming in the fish tanks at Pat Bass Pro Shop. <laughs> now... I, not, all, not all of our um, 
our listeners are, are of the uh, the outdoorsy variety. Right. But if you've never been in a Bass Pro Shop, right, like they have these aquarium setups that, that like would rival like a, a a good zoo. They did. You know these amazing set like showing like the different fish in the country, like you know game fish. Right. So it's like bass and you know like you know all this this but and it's a it's really really well done. Like yeah. especially like in this like one of these bass pro shop superstores like they have out there on seventy in West Virginia. Yeah, I would like to be a fish in that aquarium. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're taken care of there. Oh yeah. yeah, but I mean like, but it's like amazing to walk through and see, like, it gives you like this is all the game fish. Like, this is the game fish in, in the the Great Lakes. This is the game fish in, you know, the Pennsylvania Three Rivers. This is in the, you know the game fish you know in Louisiana. Like you know all yeah. these fish from around the, always, the country. Right, I always wondered that if there was bass pro shops like in say Mississippi's coast, do they? S- set up a saltwater type thing with like you yeah. know the yeah. fish that are that are there or yeah if you're in montana you know or if you're in california what fish right. you know but like the one the way I, I mean it's been a, it's been a long time since i was at that bass pressure but the way i remember it is it wasn't just local it was around the country as well though so i mm. i don't i don't think it was like i think they were all freshwater though i don't think it was anything saltwater in in that place but like there might be in other places, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But it, but it was like this is like if if you were to go fishing in this area, this is the type of fish you would catch. Okay. okay. You know that type of thing. That's so it was, it, it was it's very interesting. So so anyway, this Yahoo, um, for some ungodly reason, jumps into this massive tank. All right. Swims across it. Pulls himself out. And goes running. Now, <laughs> according to this is in in Bossier City, the Bossier Police Department um, apprehended 26 year old Kevin Wise of Sedell and charged with simple criminal damage to property, which is a misdemeanor. Uh, the police state that Wise returned to the store and was subsequently arrested by citation and released on a summons to appear in court. The complaint, the complaint was filed Friday morning to the uh, Bossier City Police after Bass Pro Shops determined that there would be costs associated with emptying and cleaning the 13,000-gallon aquarium, which features species of fish local to the region. Right. Um, reliable news source. Uh, no, okay, that's not okay. Um, but yeah, so like. What must you be thinking to jump into that tank? Hi. <laughs> Maybe. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's like one of those oddball things that is just like, what would make you do that? A dare, dumbass, something. Something it stupid. Ha- I have to be like, because like, like, I mean, it, like to me, it's not even worth It's not. It's not even worth like getting in trouble for, right? Because you know you are. Yeah, I mean, 
you know going in you're gonna get busted yeah right yeah so it had to be it had to be some kind of dare or something like that i mean I hope that- you know what i'm saying like I, and it and it's a, to me it's like a it it's sort of like a pussy dare you know what I mean? in in the sense that motherfucker isn't jumping into a fucking pond of crocodiles no He's jumping into a Bass Pro tank with a bass. Yeah. 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 Nothing's going to happen to him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's some big mouth bass. Jump into a fucking croc tank. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I just thought I should I thought that was amusing. Yeah. Hey. Right. Here's something interesting that's going to hit, hit home for you. All right. On July 4th, 1970, Casey Kasem gave us nice. our first American Top 40. Nice. So Amer- Amer- the American Top 40 turned 50 years old this week. Now, is that even on anymore? I think it is still on. Um, Who is doing it for a, for a long time? Shadow Stevens? It might have been, yeah. Is that his name, Shadow? Yeah, Shadow Stevens, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, got it. Um, Every time I think of America's Top 40, you know the first song that pops into my head? What is that? Seriously. For some odd reason. CNC Music Factory. Everybody dance now? Yeah. Every <laughs> That's tremendous. So I, mean, I, know, it, I didn't even know there was a top forty anymore. Yeah, appar- apparently. Um, let me see here. Yeah, so by the end of the eighties, a different radio network had acquired the rights to American Top Forty. They wanted to make a change. Casey Kasem was out. Shadow Stevens was in. Right. Um, Kasem returned to host in nineteen ninety-eight. But six years later, he handed the reins over to Ryan Seacrest, who still hosts the program to this day. So. Wow. Now, I mean, the thing that's great about um, the American Top 40 were, were like a couple of things. That I, like, number one was like, it was always great. It was Sunday mornings. So, like, you would turn that on, and then you would try to like catch the song that you wanted to hear, and and like have a blank tape in, and hit record. Right, right. You know, so you had a copy of the song, and you hope Casey <laughs> didn't talk over it too much. Uh, but the other thing was, like he'd like he'd always do like the long distance dedications. <laughs> yeah. And like I love shit. Like I mean, it was like, and it was always like this sappy horror shit. And it'd be like, you know, and he'd get like all somber. Yeah. You know, he'd be like, next up we got a long distance dedication. This is from Brian. Brian writes in, dear Casey, I met Angie <laughs> at the local Casey. soccer. <laughs> it, was, it was always I was like, dear Casey, you know. Yeah, yeah. I met Angie at the local soccer, and I fell in love. It was love at first sight, Casey. You should see her. 
know. You know, but then they would always have like, Casey, would you play Faithfully by Journey for Angie and tell her Brian loves her? <laughs> Angie, you're a lucky girl. Here's Faithfully by Journey. <laughs> right. <laughs> the funny thing is, I don't remember, you know, I, of course I remember Casey Kasem, but yeah. I remember more of Casey Kasem on the cartoon side than I yeah. do the fucking, you know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Super Friends. Robin? Is he Robin? Yeah. Yeah, he was Robin. And he was, um, he was Shaggy. Shaggy, of course. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, I do remember a little of the case. I remember that, though. Now that yeah. you brought it up, I do remember that. Yeah. Oh, and this is for you, Angie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or it, it was either that. It was either my, my other personal favorite, like when the, with the long distance dedication, always like, like the love that was not meant to be. Yeah. You know, and it would be like, Dear Casey. <laughs> I met this guy, Bobby. He was amazing. But unfortunately, he's married. Sure, the sex was great, but we knew it could never be. <laughs> he never said that. <laughs> never said the sex. The sex was outlawed back then. Yeah, I know. But I mean, like, like, it just wasn't meant to be, Casey. Our stars could never align. But I want them to know I'm out here. And maybe someday, someday, we could be together. Could you play Everybody Dance Now by CC the Music? <laughs> I was going to say, can you please play I Want Action by Poison? Yeah. <laughs> could you play Every Rose Has a Thorn? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Could you, can, you please, can you please play something by Two Life Crew? Anything by Two Life Crew. <laughs> could you play, please play How to Suck a Dick by Two Life Crew? All right. <laughs> Tell Bobby I'm waiting for him. I love this song. Here you go, Andy. It was our jam. <laughs> it was our jam. <laughs> so many nights in this song. Could you please play Poison by Bell Biv DeVoe? <laughs> <laughs> right. Jesus. Ugh. It always got my juices flowing. Ew. <laughs> I'm wet, Casey. How about you? <laughs> well, Bobby, you're a lucky guy. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this means, but here's poison by Belbiff the Bow. <laughs> right. That girl is poison. Poison. Oh. All right. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's too much. <laughs> Casey Kasem. 
Casey Kasem. I'm going to have to ask Lisa if she remembers Casey Kasem. Oh. She's probably going to go shadow Stevens just like you did. Right. All right, so getting into some more. I'm going to call it hardcore news. Um, okay. This, this week, um, Ray Fisher, okay. who, who played um, Cyborg in the Justice League movie. Yeah. He sent out a tweet that said, I'd like to take a moment to forcefully recant every bit of this statement. And it's a... A 13-second video from Comic-Con a few years ago where he talks about how excited he was to work with to, – to be working with Joss Whedon um, okay. to finish up Justice League. Um, and everyone was like, what the hell? Like, is this just about how bad that movie was? Yeah, yeah. And the next day he releases another tweet. And the tweet states, uh, Joss Whedon's onset treatment of cast and crew of Justice League was gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable. Wow. He was enabled in many ways by Jeff Johns and John Berg. Accountability is greater than entertainment. Um, now, I mean, over the years, some stuff has come out about Joss Whedon. Uh, particularly from an ex-wife who um, states he's not the great feminist that he makes himself out to be. Okay. Um, there is rumor that one the one scene um, where Flash falls on top of Wonder Woman for that second, and he yeah. jumps up like all embarrassed. Um, apparently, Gail Godot was not comfortable doing that scene, and that's a a body double in her place. Okay. Um, because she didn't appreciate that type of humor. Uh, I, and this is probably apparently part of the reason why, like, Joss Whedon at first was going to be the darling of, of DC, Warner Brothers, and then kind of got shooed away. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what do you think about this spilling of the tea? I mean, he, Ray Fisher hasn't said anything else. Everything else has kind of come out since then has been speculatory. So only yeah. going by the two tweets that Ray Fisher said, I, it sounds like strange things were afoot on the side of the Justice League. Yeah, it does. It does sound like that, huh? Yeah. I mean, it, it is disappointing because... I, Joss is one of those guys that like I, I I like him as a director. Like I don't know if I'd like him as a person or not. Right. And like for all intents and purposes, like I've never heard, like this. This is the first I've heard a a crew member come out and talk about his behavior on the set. You know, right. for years, like the cast and crew of Serenity have been nothing but like. Joss was amazing, and this includes, you know, that that was a woman-heavy show, um, you, know, the, you know. But the cast and crew, like, you know, said he was amazing to work with, and you know, the people from Buffy, same thing, and and even the, um, you know, the 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 Avengers, 
You know, so this yeah. is the first time I've ever heard somebody come out and say like his behavior was not professional. Right. On a set. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I mean. <laughs> well, I, I think it's one, it's one of those deals where like, you know, you, you start kind of looking backwards and saying like, you know, well, what happened at, at Warner Brothers? Like, you know, he was going to do this, this Batgirl movie and he kind of got, you know, originally a long, long time ago, he was supposed to do a Wonder Woman movie and, and that got shit canned. And then, they, you know, they bring him back for Justice League and they, you know, they throw in like, hey, we'll, we'll throw you a bone. At, we'll let you do Batgirl. And, you know, then he kind of said, like, well, I can't crack that egg. You know, I, I can't get I can't get a, make a script that'll work for, for that. And it, it, everything just kind of seemed kind of weird how it all went down. Yeah. But again, like, I mean, it's. Nobody else from. Justice League, to my knowledge, has come out and backed up what Ray Fisher said. The other side of that is, you know, everything I know about Joss Whedon from other productions he's worked on, everybody raves about him. Right. You know. You know, I mean, to the point, like, you know, I, I know a lot of people that he's worked with in the past. Like, like he had that passion project of doing, um, well, I think it was the, the Taming of the Shrew. Like, yeah. he, did, he did a theatrical version of that, like, <clears throat> in his kitchen. Like, you know, on his, pro, like, they, they used his house as the set. And, like, everybody did it for, like, almost nothing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all done in black and white. But it was, like, it was like, all people he had worked with previously. Yeah. You know, and, you know, so, like, you know, if you can get people to come together like that for a passion project, like, how could you, how could your behavior on set be that reprehensible in the past? And right. what changed that it would be reprehensible now? Or was it reprehensible? You know, right. it, or, or is it just reprehensible to you? Right. You know. I'm not defending Joss Whedon and I'm not denying what Ray Fisher said, but it's like, I feel like somewhere in the middle is going to be the truth. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the thing that I've kind of learned. Like we, we all kind of rush to judgment sometimes with, with these accusations and kind of say, Oh, well, you know, you have to believe what the accuser says, but at the same time, some, sometimes we've, we've learned that the accuser is not always right. Right. And sometimes somebody is crucified for something that, they didn't deserve to be crucified for. So I, I'm, I'm hesitant to judge Joss Whedon, but like everything I know about the guy previously would indicate, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. kind of weird. It is. It's, it's very weird. And, you know, and the same thing with, with Jeff Johns. Like Jeff Johns has been a guy, like I, I know people have complained about, like he has a vision, you know, like he, He's a guy who I honestly believe wants complete creative control. Okay. Okay. And like, especially in the movie stuff, like I, I think that's what he ultimately wants, and he's 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 never really had it. And okay. but I, I feel like, you know, I, I don't know, like I mean, you know, but I've never heard anybody say like he's a he's a horrible human being. Right. You know. So like, 
I, I again, I, I don't, I, I don't want to say like I don't think I don't believe Ray Fisher, <laughs> but at the same time, I have a hard time taking that all in. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I don't know, but it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird situation that you're just kind of waiting for something more to come out, something to kind of explain what these accusations are. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Yeah. Just have to wait and see. I, I don't know. Yeah. But it was just an odd, odd thing. And like, you know, of course people were jumping on both sides. Right. You know? You know, the, the, the fanboys are still kind of like, hey, Joss is our guy. Right, right. And there are other people who are like, you know, I always knew he was a, a, a deplorable human being. And it's like, hmm, I don't you know. It's a, no, I never really heard anything horrible about him. No. No, I mean, like, to this day, like, I mean, I don't know, maybe you could say it because it's one of those things you know is never going to happen. But, like, every single member of that Serenity cast are like, I would come back in a heartbeat. Like, maybe, yeah. it's, an easy, maybe it's an easy thing to say because you know it's never going to happen. But you right. always get that fucking question. You know, right, right, ten, right. 10, 15 years later. It's, it's never going to happen, but people continually ask, hey, if they ever brought back Serenity, oh, oh I'd be on it in a heartbeat. Absolutely. You know? right. But in the meantime, like, I know and you know it's never going to fucking happen, and so do the cast and crew. Right. You know? No matter how hard you try, it's just not going to happen. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, it just, it's like, it was like a bit of news where I was like, Wow, that's disappointing to hear. And I have a hard time taking it all in. Right. You know, because just because of what you know of the person, I guess. Right. That's, that's the only way I can kind of describe that. Uh, what else do I got here? Yeah. This is funny. Now, I don't know if it's going to be if this is going to happen or not. In fact, I doubt it just because of the location. But apparently, Walmart is teaming with uh, the, the Tribeca uh, Film Festival for a touring screening series that they're going to turn Walmart lots into drive-ins for. Okay. Now, the reason I find this funny is because if you live in this local area. You know, the Walmart in North for Sales, they tore down a drive-in to build that Walmart. Correct. <laughs> so the ultimate Ironic. irony would be yeah. turning that parking lot into a drive-in. But I just don't see that happening there because I, I don't see. I mean, it's a... I don't want to use the term troubled area, but yeah. But they That's haven't announced best. to the best, like, at to, up to this point, they haven't announced where they're doing it at or what films are going to be showing. Let me see here. WalmartDriveIn.com. Come, it's still coming soon, so I don't have any information here. 
Starting in early August, we're popping up safe and socially distanced drive-ins events at Walmart supercenters across America. Sign up for the Walmart.com weekly newsletter for more information. No, no, thank you. <laughs> we're good. Yeah, I don't. I don't need your your propaganda. Right. But um, I guess I mean there there's there, there's a question for you. Would you? I, I, I would you be willing to go to a Walmart to to watch a movie? Mm. I'm not a big supporter of Walmart. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'd be more inclined to go to like a theater that set up a project. You know, like a projection screen outside, right? right. Uh, to watch a movie, but I'm just not a supporter of Walmart. I don't know if I can do that or not. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I I'm get it. Anti Walmart. Yeah. So, uh, not that the movie theaters aren't big big business machines, but. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, you? I I got it. I I gotta say no. I probably wouldn't do it. I just I mean the only the only reason I I I say that is like I I just can't imagine like I I've, I've been to the drive I I mean the, I haven't been to a drive-in since I went to go see Toy Story 3. So that, that, you know, to put a time right. frame on it. Okay, so that's the last time I was at a drive-in. And I think the drive-in experience is fantastic. Right. You know, but at the same time, I would much rather see a movie in a movie theater. Okay. Just because, just because, like, sound. Yeah, you know I mean, what I mean, like that—that's probably, probably at this point, like, there is something about a movie theater experience to me that's more engrossing than a drive-in experience. The drive-in experience is fun, and I learned this way back when, um, seeing Jurassic Park. Okay. I, the first time I saw Jurassic Park, I saw it in a movie theater. Okay. And yeah, you know, probably Southland Nine. You know. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. There's a pool. And I mean, it was like one of those things where, like, because of the the sound, because you know, and the THX surround sound, and everything about like seeing that movie in that type of experience, when you saw it in a drive-in, right, it lost something. It does. Because of the sound. And sound has become so important in movies nowadays. Like, right. I, you know, back in the 70s and the 80s, or even the 60s or 50s, like, sound, sound did not, was not nearly as big of a component. I mean, it was there, but it wasn't, like, this massive component to what the storytelling was. Um, now, sound is huge. Because it helps set tone so often 
especially in like a, a move like a movie like a um like Avengers or I, I couldn't imagine seeing the Avengers on, on in a drive-in. Yeah, me neither. You know, it would it would lose something. Um, you know, a Star Wars movie in a drive-in, it just doesn't work for me anymore. You know, things of that nature, like it, you know, it, it's such that 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 sound is so engrossing that it, it's it's an important component of making that movie magic work. Now, if you were to send me there to go see an Adam Sandler comedy, yeah, I'd probably be more inclined. You know what I mean? Right. That that's the difference. Like you know, because that's a movie that, yeah, sounds not that big of a deal. Right. Right. You know. So I think that's the difference. I I I don't I can't imagine wanting to go. And I don't know what type of movies are showing. I'm sure it's going to be like, you know, again, like, you know, come see the Goonies, <laughs> you know, bring the kids, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I don't want to, you know, you throw on top of that. What's what's another component of the driving experience was well, being outside. You know, mm-hmm. if you're talking about, you know, August in Pittsburgh, being outside, you know, normally an August night in Pittsburgh, it's 70 degrees outside with 90 percent humidity. Right. You know. And you're doing it on a Walmart parking lot, which has been sucking up that heat all fucking day. All day. All day. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I can't see this being an, an enjoying, enjoyment, enjoy, an enjoyable event at all. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... One, one, one last tidbit. Okay. And um, Ryan Johnson, controversial director Ryan Johnson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, recently on Twitter, um, a prompt was making the rounds, urging people to say something, anything nice about the prequels. Ryan Johnson, controversial director of Star Wars The Last Jedi, weighed in and made a pretty good case for why the prequels are important. Lucas made a glorious seven-hour-long movie for children about how entitlement and fear of loss turns good people into fascists and did it while, while spearheading nearly every technical sea change in modern filmmaking of the past 30 years. Wow. Yeah. So, is this Ryan Johnson just being a nice guy, or do you think this is something that Ryan Johnson truly feels about the prequels? I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. Not to play middle of the road. No, but, I get um, that. Um, you know, I think he wants work. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I, I do. Yeah. But at the same time, I think he has a love for Lucas yeah. in the Star Wars franchise. Um, I don't know. It, it makes sense what he says. You know, yeah. I, in a certain aspect, I mean, he's playing the guy know. that's not going to, like, I think the guy inside is probably like, that was a fucking mess. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But he's not going to say that out loud. Right. Does that make sense? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, right. there's no way he's going to say that. Like, yeah, this shit's a wreck. 
Like, cause it, it's become, it's like a funny thing. Like here we are like 20 years removed from the Phantom Menace. And like, uh, interestingly, the prequels are becoming more beloved in pop culture. And I think part of the reason for that is the generation of kids who grew up with the prequels are now adults. You know, right. that, that 10-year-old who saw The Phantom Menace in 1999 is now 30. You know? Right. So, I think that's part of it, is just that, you know, I this is the Star Wars I grew up on, and I love it. Now, I, I, you know, I've always been somebody who, I'll defend Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith being better movies than I think they're giving credit for, despite Hayden Christensen's wooden acting. But I cannot defend The Phantom Menace. It's the most indefensible movie of of, of all of them. It'll always be. You know, however many Star Wars movies they make, it'll, like, I can't see something coming in and taking its place as the worst Star Wars movie ever made. You know, I mean, Reven- Return of the Jedi is a far superior movie to The Phantom Menace. That's pretty bad. That is. <laughs> yeah. You know, I will take <laughs> Teddy Ruxpin taking on the Empire over anything in The Phantom Menace, except for the lightsaber right. battle. No, I agree. I you agree. know. You know, so, at least with Jedi, there was a lot of moments. Yeah. But in this movie... There just wasn't. Yeah. Except for the beginning. The first yeah. five minutes. Yeah, the first five minutes and, and the, the you know, the Obi and uh, Qui-Gon versus Darth Maul. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. But I just, I find it interesting and he, like, he would, like, it wasn't like he was prompted to do, though. That's That's the thing that makes me wonder, like, this is something that he truly feels deep down like right you know like he may not like the movies either but at the same time as a filmmaker he's like you know this is what lucas did you know right this is what he he brought to the table and he showed this i mean he made three movies for children not for adults not not for you motherfuckers who were 30 something years old you know and complaining about how bad they were he, he made right. these movies for children. And he did. You know. And. Danger, danger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Roger, Roger. Yeah. Hey. You're not supposed to be here. But, um. Uh, hey. Yeah. I will take the goofiness of the of the, the, the droids over um, fucking Jar Jar Binks. Though. And I mean, that's. I'm not taking shots at Ahmed Best. I mean, it's just a bad character. You know, it just the whole is. Thing. Yeah. Anytime I see a Gungan, I just cringe. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, yeah. it took Gungans to make me appreciate Ewoks. Isn't that the truth? It is. <laughs> and that's a hard sell. That is. Such a hard that, sell. I mean, like, you talk about the hardest sell on Earth. 
Yeah. You just stated it right there. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking like, hated the Ewoks. Yeah, yeah. I, I fucking I like them better than the Gungans. Oh yeah. Uh, anyway. But any, anyway, so I, I but I do find it interesting that he said that like unprompted, just like it was like something that was trending. He was like, right, hey, right, right. Here's my two cents. You know. So. Oh man. Anyway, you're looking, at, you're looking at your phone like shit's going to hell. Nah, I'm just. It's political. I can't. Yeah, I don't okay. want to bring it up. Yep. Nope. Let's not do that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and dip our toe in the old mailbag. All right. All right. So we step into the old mailbag. Mailbag. And as always, we start with a good friend, super fan Thad. Little my two favorite hosts to like to shoot. No, no, that's no. I would never do that. No. no. I would wear a mask to see Goonies in a theater. I love that movie. I would also like to put my no. Yuck. I loved when Hogan would hulk up. It was the best part next to the no, no, no. No. You're such a rube. <laughs> Loving Hogan. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day. <laughs> Did you guys do anything special? Well, for those who don't know, every July 1st is Bobby Bonilla Day. So you need to leave out some, some cookies and cocaine. Uh, no. On, on July 1st, Bobby Bonilla signed a... a he, 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 the Met, the New York Mets owed him a ton of money, right. so he has he, he is basically like they pay him once a year one point two million dollars every July first to and this is going to go on for like another fifteen years um, right. to satisfy his contract and it's like the great like I just imagine Bobby Bonilla walking into the bank on July first like like a big old pimp hat cane you know. Just walking right. in there like I, I needs my money, you know. Yeah, no, yeah. but um, because that's what I would do. Like I, I would that would be my July first if I was Bobby Bonilla. That's what I would do. But um, but no, it's so it's one of those deals where it's like, it's like it's like this weird thing. Like, and and his contract's not even like the worst. Like, I saw somebody gets like, like four million a year once a year from a certain team. I can't remember who it was. So I, I was like, holy shit. Like these deferred contracts. I think Bobby Bonilla hasn't played for the Mets in twenty years, but he still gets paid by them. Like you know, once he says like this, like, but he's probably like the biggest name that like gets a deferred contract like this. And it's like, it's like every year on July first, everyone's like, "Happy Bobby Bonilla Day." Like, yeah. I watched the Miracle movie this week. I haven't seen it in a while. Damn, that was a good movie. It is a good movie. I will wholeheartedly agree. Kurt Russell's amazing in that film. Yeah. Fuck COVID. Now I can't go to Kennywood. 
<laughs> all these privileged assholes who took who they we took away their thought we took away their freedoms now has made the COVID numbers go up again. Sean, can I do a, the field report the next time? No, no. I mean, it is, it is a shame. I mean, you know, for those who don't know, here in Allegheny County, we, we've we've taken a step back with the old uh, COVID nineteen, and uh, I guess one of the things that they shut down was Kennywood. I didn't know that. Right. Um. Yeah. So local amusement park Kennywood was scheduled to open, I think, July tenth. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, apparently they're not opening at this point. Uh, and I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for uh, what mid-August. There's a, a Steel City Con that I'm waiting to see them cancel. Um, will you stuff your mouth with wieners on the fourth? Hmm. Um, no. No, I'm not counting down that. No, but I mean, I, I guess he's he's trying to make a, a a reference to the um the hot dog eating contest. Have you ever watched that? No, never. I I have once. Uh, that was a mistake. <laughs> nice. I mean, like I I'm a I'm a big eater. Like, don't get me wrong, but like watching these motherfuckers just pound hot dogs for ten minutes is like it's hard to watch. Like I need some pepper. It's like a bad porno. It is. It's awful. Yeah. The worst is when the women do it. They have like a women's division. Some chick put down thirty-seven hot dogs and buns in in like ten minutes. It's like it's holy the buns hell. That are, that's the that's the killer. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're they're, they're sopping those things in water to get them down and shit. Mm. Um, Just imagine the puke fest afterwards. Apparently, I've I've seen like interviews with Joey Chestnut. He's like, you know, the guy apparently. Um, and he says he doesn't puke. Get the fuck out! <laughs> I don't yeah. believe it. Now, what, what what did I see him? I didn't see him do it, but I saw Pat McAfee talking about him doing something. And he was like, it was like, it was chug, maybe it was chugging beers. Like, yeah. he like chugged like 10 beers in 60 seconds, like 12 ounce beers. Jesus. And, you know, and like, and, and you know, so like, you know, 10 beers in 60 seconds, like, that's impressive. And, um, right. and Pat was like, you know, after he's like, you know, you're going to go, her always like, nah, I'll, I'll keep that down. <laughs> like, wow. Damn it. No way. Yeah. Um, fuck, it has been hot this week. I've been making my own biscuits and gravy. Yeah. <laughs> Yuck. Well, <laughs> I don't want to know what the biscuits are. That's the, that's, that's the problem. Like, I get, like, uh, I've made the, the joke, like, I make my own gravy when I'm sweating. Like, I get right. that. But where the biscuits are coming from, I don't want to know. That's no. the disturbing part. Um, okay, time to go. I'm sitting on my porch and looking into my neighbor's window. Oh, never mind. This is my window. Uh, next up, we have an email from our good friend from Ireland, 
the mongoose. Hey, mongoose. Better, better known as Anthony to his friends and family. He writes in, hey, Sean and Ian. It's been a while since I wrote. Strange times lately with the lockdown malarkey. We've started coming out of the lockdown with pubs reopening this week. Uh-uh. There are still some restrictions in place. You have to book a table, and the longest you can stay is for 90 minutes. You just can't go in for a drink either. You have to order food to be allowed to drink, too. Wow, these are some smart rules. Yeah. Somehow I doubt most pubs will follow these rules, and there will always be arseholes who don't give a fuck. There you go. Yeah, well, that's better than what we did. What's going on here? Yeah. Oh, over here, we just let the doors fly open. We also had the Premier League back. Without crowds, so it's good to have the stress of watching Tottenham again. I miss that tightening of the chest, the increased blood pressure, the general levels of rage. <laughs> well, nice. I miss sports too. Like, to the point where I'm watching, you know, live cornhole tournaments. I know. That's just sad. Hello, Ahsoka. Uh, we also have a new government now, I don't like to get political But this one boiled my piss Oh we've, Yeah We've always had two main political parties in government One in government And one in opposition Both of them are as corrupt as the other And generally look after the rich And line their own pockets Well that sounds like the Democratic and Republican parties Yeah well, the last general election, there was a landslide victory for a different party. People voted and had enough with the usual shite. <laughs> Come on, Ahsoka. Stop it. <laughs> People voted and had enough with the usual shite and demanded change. But to form a government, this party needed to join and form a government, but there was some real backhanded shit going on and they all conspired to ensure they couldn't enter government. So the two right. main parties formed a government together for the first time ever. So we have a leader nobody wanted, and two parties in government that essentially lost the election. So right. same shit, different day. Obviously, this is small in comparison to the shit you have to, are having to deal with over there. It's scary looking, from the out, looking in from the outside. Um... Well, first off, it, it sounds like a real shit show over there in Ireland. Um, but yes, uh, on the inside looking out, it's just as scary, my friend. Right. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Um, anyway, I am still working from home and loving it. <laughs> I get to listen to podcasts and music all day. And I have not only worn, I have not, I've only not worn shorts twice since this all began. Well, nice. As I've said before, at this point, jeans are for fancy events like weddings and funerals. I'm watching a shitload of stuff, too. We binge the shit out of Pinky Blinders. Fantastic show, great characters, and brilliant acting. Some great music in the soundtrack, too. I also watched my first Fast and Furious. The Hobbs and Shaw movie. Ah. Yeah. I'll be honest and say I expected more. <laughs> I think all the big action sequences were in the trailer. I thought it dragged. Wow. 
Um, I will say this much then, my friend. I, I would like, here, here, all right, first off, go back and watch the very first Fast and the Furious movie. And the reason I'm going to say that is because, in my opinion, first off, it's the best of all the Fast and the Furious movies. And yeah. two, it's nothing more than a remake of Point Break. It's a really good sure. remake of Point Break. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So if you think of it that way, if you think of it as nothing more than a remake of Point Break, you'll enjoy it much more. Um, I did get to see Dr. Sleep. Loved it. It's a really good adaptation of the book and mostly a page-by-page version. Some great acting in it, too. Well, can't get wrong with Ewan McGregor, as I pointed out earlier. I also enjoyed Artemis Fowl. It's got issues, but as a family movie, it was very enjoyable. And it's a kid's film, which I think some fanboys tend to forget. I love the book since they came out and bridged a gap after Harry Potter. I'm waiting for a long time for a movie. There are a few things that annoyed me, but I do hope they make more of these as there are plenty of good stories in the series. Um, I, I, I'll be honest, the trailer didn't even pull me in for that. Right. Like when the trailer came out, I was like, yeah, this doesn't look like interesting at all. So I, I, that's tough. That's a tough one for me. I, I, I'm going to kind of put it up there with, with Hamilton I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be watching that. Other highlights were Crawl. A great movie about people trapped in a flooded house being stalked by alligators. That sounds interesting. The Night East the World, which is a post-zombie apocalyptic movie which focuses on one guy trying to survive in an apartment block alone. It's a really good take on the genre. And I'm currently and finally reading Dune and was wondering if the other books in the series are worth a read. Um, That's your girl. Yeah. I'm going to say yes. I I think the next two books um, are definitely worth a read. Um, After that, I'll be honest, I only read the the first three books. I didn't read anything past that. Um, so I can't say yes or no if they're worth the read, but I, I mean, I know the other, the, the other thing though, is the other two books, like compared to Dune, which is like this massive tome, the other two books are like 200 pages each. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're like these t- like, like, they're like booklets compared to the first one. So, um, it's definitely worth the read. And then, um, then I would recommend going and checking out the sci-fi version of, of Dune. Um, it makes because since, since they were able to do it as a four hour or three and a half hour, whatever you know, whatever it is with commercials, uh, like a, a, a larger movie, it is it pays a little bit more homage to the book and does a better job of explaining everything than the um, the 1984 film does. But I still love the 84 film. Um, I'll be up for a super fan Skype thing if you ever decide to do it. There is a five, there is a five hour difference, uh, I think between us. But if I know what time to time, I'd get up for it, dedicated to the cause and all of that. Well, I'm not gonna make you wake up in the middle of the night to just talk to our stupid asses. We can um, arrange, <laughs> huh? We can yeah, arrange. We, yeah, we can try to work around that five hour difference. Maybe do something like it, you know, you know, 
at noon our time, so it's like, you know, five your time or something, you know. Yeah, well, let's do it. Yeah, we'll, we'll work something Set it up. Out. Okay. For sure. So that's it for the mongoose. Um, anything you'd like to add to the proceedings there, sir? No, son, I'm good. All right, well, um, on that note, then, the dreamer has awakened. Peace.